and welcome to the First and Ten Chargers podcast back after our week two loss to the Chiefs at home at SoFi Stadium. Got a couple of talking points, not only the game, but also the quarterback almost controversies it's turned into with the press conferences afterwards and the Twitter reaction. Uh, but yeah, lots to unpack on this week episode, Ash. Yeah, definitely. There's been a, we, we're in the news for all the right and all the wrong reasons in some respects. <laughs> so it's, typical, it's a typical Chargers week if, if, everyone follows, uh, if everyone follows us. So yeah, it's, uh, it was one of them, it's one of them weeks where you're ha- you kind of feel, that's probably the most, it's probably one of the better displays I've seen probably since the Packers last year. So for me, it was, it was even though we lost the game, like, mm. oh, in some respects, you're disappointed because obviously it's a division rival. Of course. In, in, in theory, we could have come away with a win there and we could have been pretty much top of the division. But it's one of them ones where we didn't lose. We didn't really lose because we played badly. We just it kind of to beat the Chiefs, you need everything to go your way. And we played a 90, we played 90% of the perfect game and then 10%, it was just that, that they were the ones that edged it, obviously. Yeah, that was it. It was. I mean, we just mentioned. Obviously, we'll go into the game um, shortly. But we we mentioned moments, didn't we? It's not down to one play, and yeah, um, you know, people will point at the inception and, and maybe one or two other players. But it's it's about a culmination of those moments and just yeah. the, the momentum not quite going our way. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's always it's always the the way with the Chiefs, where it's kind of like them big moments where you've got to be brave, and also where you've kind of got to have a little bit of luck go your way, mm. and. It's never quite happened. Sometimes you make your own luck in football, but sometimes we do play pretty well against the Chiefs. Gus Bradley's come up the last sort of three or four games against them where they they don't put up huge points against us and we keep them down to low sort of low yardage and stuff. So he's got some sort of recipe for a victory. And this has felt like the closest we came really for a long time where we really did compete against them. So it was, it was one of them ones where it, it, we just lost it on maybe some of the big fortunate plays of the game where mm. it could have gone either way and, and they kind of just lent to the Chiefs in that respect. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, like you say, we definitely competed uh, against them for, for you know, 99% of the game almost. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just going back to something that you said a minute ago um, when you first were talking and you mentioned the Packers game last year. Um, maybe it's because I didn't see the Packers game because it was the day that we were in London. Yeah. Uh, watching the Jags-Texans. Um but I was thinking on Sunday as I was watching the game, I, I don't know if this is a bit of a bold take, but because and it's maybe a bit of a weird take because we actually lost this game on Sunday. Yeah. But I think it's the best we've played since the Ravens game in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah I honestly well, was thinking yeah. that. And obviously I didn't know the result at that time because I thought that midway, I would say if I remember right, maybe midway through the third. Yeah. Just maybe it's, you know, the, the, the scores were kind of close and, and, you know, the Chiefs hadn't made that kind of comeback yet and we maybe up slightly. Yeah, and I was thinking this defensively, especially, is the best the best we've played since the Ravens playoff yep. game. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, with that. But yeah, like I say, maybe it's a bit of bias because I didn't actually see the Packers game live last yep. last year. Um, but yeah, we definitely you know look like a good football team. Um, you know, especially after the not a bad performance, but not a great performance in Week One. Yeah. But obviously, I opened up the pod last week with by saying things like you know I wasn't excited by the win. I actually feel more positive now after a loss, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like you say, we are disappointed. We're not here just to kind of run the Chiefs close and obviously want to beat them. But yeah, to see them kind of compete in the way we did, especially in the circumstances, you know, with Herbert coming in and the, the, the circumstances surrounding it, you know, with the, with the amount of notice that he had, you know, yeah. minutes notice to come in, especially because yeah. we, we didn't play defense first. Herbert was in for the first offensive snap of the game. Yeah. And, you know, to execute the way he did come down the field and score, not bad, really, not bad. you know, to say the least. Yeah, definitely. Yes, um, he's, he kind of reminds me of Sunshine from Remember the Titans. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were talking about, we talked about him pre-draft, obviously, when it was, were we going to take him, were we going to take Simmons, were we going to mm. go maybe Akuda if he was there, etc. And we did obviously some homework on him and stuff. And some of the stuff, he didn't really surprise me because I, I, I thought he was really good at some of the stuff that on one tape when I saw him at Oregon, he did it pretty much the same in this game. Like, in the seams, he is such a good passer. Like, when sure. I watched yeah. him at Oregon, he would, like, in, in the middle of the field, he's, 
very, very accurate with, with his throws. And he throws with a lot of zip um, and a lot of purpose. And he stands in the pocket with a lot of poise. And you, sh- and you saw that at Oregon. You saw that here. His decision-making sometimes is what lets him down. And it did mm. at Oregon. And you kind of did see that because he was a rookie and he had a minute's notice about this game. <laughs> You're going to learn from that as, uh, as, as a rookie. I think that there's loads of positives to take out of what Herbert displayed against uh, the Chiefs this weekend. And there's not a lot that's... The, the biggest surprise for me was just how composed he was considering how little time he had. Mm. So you always do worry when rookies get put in, but maybe have, maybe not having that week to think about if he was, how he's going to play and just, you, you just straight in and, and, and you, you given the, given, given the starting job with mm-hmm. a minute's notice, maybe the nerves weren't there because basically he knew about it when everyone else was. So maybe <laughs> the, the poison and everything happened there because he didn't have time to think he was just straight in with it, but there's, loads there's loads to love about Herbert and you can see that there's going to be um the franchise is going to be in good hands for years to come with him at the helm yeah I would say so I think that was the one thing that was kind of my my summing up take to myself kind of as I went to bed on Sunday evening after the the game was that I think that you know like you say the the team have got their franchise quarterback there was enough there in that 60 minutes I know it's a very very small sample size but there was enough there in that 60 minutes of football to say that Justin Herbert's going to be a good quarterback for the LA Chargers for, you know, the foreseeable future yeah. whenever he nails down the starting job full-time. Yeah. And, you know, we'll unpack the Tyrod Taylor situation in a moment, but there was there's a lot of excitement moving into Sunday to see him again and see what he can produce against, you know, what will be probably a lesser team, although the Panthers' defence isn't playing too badly yeah. at the moment. You know, like you said, there were some, some mistakes for sure. You know, he got greedy on the interception. Uh, maybe trusted his arm a little bit too much, throwing across his own body, going one way and, and throwing across at the other. Um, but he's definitely got that throw in his locker, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see him make that kind of thing and people compare it to Mahomes in, in future. Um, but yeah, there was, there was definitely the, the strong points and the negatives from his Oregon days were definitely both there, as you said, you know, mental mistakes, uh, decision-making for sure. And I think naturally, of course, but I think in a few of his throws he was putting a little bit too much mustard on them. There was a bit too much of adrenaline going through his body, I think, on some yeah. of these throws. And yeah. uh, they were a bit high. Ball placement wasn't amazing at times, especially early when you could tell maybe, you know, he's a bit hyped up, you know, um, and he's, he's zipping those balls in a little bit yeah. too hard, like Brett Favre at some point, you know, finger yeah. breakers that he used to deal out to, to Packers receivers in the day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, like you say, a lot of promise there, a lot of good things. And um, yeah, seeing how he performs on Sunday now will be, Will be whatever every charge wants, every Chargers fan wants to see, really, and see how he kind of comes back from, you know. And he was he was honest in his post game interviews, and he he asked, got asked about a grade, and he said he couldn't give himself too high a grade because he didn't win, you know. So he's he's kind of remaining level headed, yeah. not wanting to get ahead of himself, but also not like bigging himself up too much for for losing a game. And yeah. you know, um, it's it's one of those, isn't it, where like you said, maybe it is better that you just get chucked in there and you don't have that sleepless night beforehand before making your home debut. Um, yeah. Although it's not in front of fans, obviously, unfortunately. But but yeah, the overriding feeling is, is very, very positive on, on number 10. And uh, yeah, like you say, I think we're in good hands moving forward. Mm-hmm. So let's, um, let's try and unpack this situation that's occurred over the past few days then. Obviously, now we know that Tyra Taylor was given a injection, potentially like a painkilling injection uh, to his ribs, and you know, just went through a bit too far, punctured a lung, and then he experienced this, you know, breathing trouble and chest pain before the game got pulled. Um, but was prepared to play through the pain for the Chargers, which I think, you know, to, to give him his credit, you know, he's obviously desperate to keep this starting job, knowing that he's got this situation with a rookie behind him, a highly drafted rookie at that. Yeah. And um, you know, obviously, this is his chance to kind of seize this job and make it his own. You know, we, we kind of said last week that Tyro didn't play too well. The, the offense didn't play too well. It looked a bit disjointed. Um, but he was, you know, probably dying to make amends for this one. And mm-hmm. my overriding emotion from this one really is that I just feel really sorry for him. You know, he's, he's, he's lost this job from no real fault of his own. Yeah. I don't want to blame the doctor because all doctors and medical professionals make mistakes. It's just part and parcel of the job, I guess. But what's your kind of takeaway from this one? Um, obviously, it's, it's something that we've kind of seen the fallout develop over the past few days, really, with. The press conference, Lynn kind of t- saying some things, maybe not saying things in the best way. I don't personally believe that what he said was too wrong, but you know, people have taken umbrage with the way he said it, uh, and some people have taken umbrage with the, what he said as well. But a lot to unpack really in this situation. What's your kind of feelings about this one? 
Yeah, like we, we, we were talking just before that it's kind of one of them just unfortunate accidents really, things happen in football and and this is just one of them rarities that it's like one in a million things that it's such, because the NFL is such in the limelight when little accidents like this happen, it becomes real big news. So, and it, unfortunately for Tyrod, like you said, it's just one of them things where you kind of feel sorry for the lad because he was it's, it was built up to be another game like a big game against the Chiefs I was predicting him to to have a really sort of similar game if I'm honest to Herbert with the yardage and the rushing and etc so I was expecting that sort of game and when it kind of gets taken away from you at the last minute you're gonna you're gonna kind of feel a bit annoyed about it and I think that kind of followed on into the pressure conference with Lynn I think that the reason Lynn was probably so worked up is like I said to you before is that this team had been built up a week of reps with Tyrod and practices and they had a game plan against the Chiefs with Tyrod at the helm and at the last minute that game plan got pulled away from them so basically last week was complete write-off like they might as well have had a double banker it was one of them ones where you've had no prep with Justin Herbert as you start in QB if any maybe a little bit maybe taken a few reps but n- nothing for the game plan so you've kind of when Lynn had the press interview you, you kind of felt like his back was up because Last week, he was robbed of a game plan that he really wanted to try and execute against his Chiefs. And maybe, like you said, the manner wasn't great of how he said a few things, but he was probably caught off guard and he was angry about a situation where, in, in hindsight, there was there's a lot of positives from the game, but the, the game could have went on a knife and it kind of just flipped to the Chiefs. And so he, he's lost a really close game where really they could have won if there was maybe they had a bit more luck or they were maybe a bit braver. Maybe he was a bit angry with some of the decisions that maybe he made as a coach. And mm-hmm. you don't, you're not going to exercise that to the, to the press. So there was probably a lot bubbling in it underneath and how we probably came out of the press conference made him look a little bit silly, but you don't know what's going on in his head. He's had, he's had one of them weeks where is they've practiced all week to try and get, get a game plan against the chiefs. It's completely taken away at the last minute. And then you've got into a game that, actually, we might win this game and then it gets taken away from you again. So he's probably a little bit angry and a little bit disappointed and he doesn't want to do this sort of press conference. So some of his wording might not have been great, but I just think that when you when you have all these press conferences and you get um, all these post-match ones and, and, and everything like that, sometimes you can say things and it's strewed in a different way in a different context. And I just mm. think that it was just one of them ones. But because of how how in the limelight everything was with Herbert coming in at the last minute and how well he played. A lot of people wanted him to say things about how well Herbert played, but he was probably more disappointed that they lost the game and, and of how the week went of they had lost a week's worth of practices with Tyrod gone. So mm. you can, you've got to kind of see where he's coming from in some respects with that, I think. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I feel like I see exactly where he's coming from with a lot of things. I can see the frustration uh, like you say, from just the game and also the kind of quote that people have taken and kind of run with a little bit, the fact that Herbert's a backup for a reason, I think was the one that people kind of jumped on the most. It was about the fifth question that he'd been asked about Tyrod in that press conference alone. Yeah, He was probably just a bit sick of the questioning. Yeah, And the other thing that I kind of wanted to mention on this one was we know Anthony Lynn is a straight talker. He's given us the facts. You know, we did lose the game. There was reasons that Herbert was a backup beforehand. He, he does love Tyrod. You know, he, he wants him to play. He wants him to be the QB of this team. There's a reason why this process has been in place for Justin to sit and Tyrod to play and one to nurture the other. And really, I guess in Lynn's mind, for, for my money, for Tyrod to save his job. Because I think if the Chargers don't make the playoffs, Lynn's gone. Yeah. He's going to put his trust in his guy, the guy who he knows, the guy who he trusts, the guy who isn't going to turn it over 20, 20 times a season. And he wants to lean on the defence because that's the probably the stronger unit of the team now, just about, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong in what he's saying. He was probably just a bit pissed off at the resort, a bit pissed off at the line of questioning. But he didn't say anything wrong for me. It's just one of those things where, like you say, he could have worded it a little bit better. Yeah, but also yeah. just... Sorry, go on. I think it was the wording, like you said. It was, yeah. It was the, it was his tone rather than his, his content, I would say. But 
the other thing, going back to what I said about Lynn being a straight talker, is there is not a chance that Anthony Lynn just went out and spoke to the media like that and then didn't speak to Justin Herbert before or after, or Tyrod Taylor just before or after. Yeah. He's going to have told both of those guys what he thinks. They're going to have accepted it. They're both mature guys. They're not going to have thrown the toys out of the pram. Justin's not going to be pissed off that he's, you know, had these things said about him. And let's be honest, it wasn't all one way. He said some good things about Herbert too. He said that he was making checks at the line that, um, you know, Philip was making last year. And that's not something they did at Oregon. He never had to do that. So he's obviously shown progress in that. And he also said that he was really excited for Justin Herbert for the future. So it's not like he piled on Herbert. And it's not like, like I say, obviously we don't know because we don't see inside the locker room, but I don't think there won't have been a conversation either just before or just after that press conference that kind of gave him maybe a debrief of the game and his performance. And, you know, he's probably doing that throughout the game anyway, considering he's an offensive head coach anyway. So I think there's a bit of an overreaction earlier on in the week, and especially even more so when the facts came out and, you know, then we could see that he was maybe even just protecting the situation as well. And, you know, he probably didn't have the facts maybe straight after the game anyway, because he's obviously... Tyrod's gone to hospital in the game early early in the stages and he's coaching it. He doesn't want, maybe he doesn't want or doesn't need the medical report as long as Tyrod's not in grave danger. Yeah. Then he doesn't need to be told that during the game and he's probably then, like I say, peed off about the the result and everything else has gone with it. Maybe the method of the result. Like you say, maybe, like you say, second guessing some of the the calls that he made, um, you know, fourth down and things like that. And it's kind of boiled over. But, I, I'm going to stick up Francis in here. I don't think he's done too much wrong, um, for my money anyway. Yeah, I think he was, I think as well, I think he was sticking up for his man. I think that yeah. he's, he, you know that he's a Tyrell Taylor fan. He obviously he worked with him in Buffalo and he's obviously set his goals on Tyrod being the main man for him this year. And he kind of felt for Tyrod and that's probably what it was. He, he, he When you've put your heart and soul into what you want to try and, create and, and accomplish in a season and then it get taken away from you like that he obviously felt for Tyrod he's it is it's, it's a personal blow for him as well as a coaching blow because mm-hmm. he he believes in Tyrod to succeed as a charger so for hit for them maybe the media to say well this is Herbert this is Herbert's job now surely this is this is what's going on he's he's going to be sticking up for his man like it's, yes. just, it's just one of them things and maybe the wording came out wrong maybe it did and in hindsight, he could have said he could have said things differently in a different way. He could have said, "I believe that this happened. This this, this is the reason, etc. This is why I want Tyrod. This is we need Herbert for the future. But for now, this is Tyrod's team, etc." Maybe they could have he could have said things differently. But in the heat of the moment, how he was feeling after the game in that con- with that sort of situation that's happened, he's just going to be sticking up for his man. And I think that's how it came across, really. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, he's a loyal guy, he's a leader. And uh, yeah, he's just, like you say, protecting his guy, protecting his team as well, really, you know, because like at that time, none of the facts were were, were out there, really. Um, but yeah, like I say, I don't think there's, there's, there's too much uh, sort of foul play there, really, either, either way. But, you know, what what, again, what my kind of overall takeaway from this last few days of you know social media chatter and the whole fallout from it is do you know what will make everything better a win on Sunday yeah, sure. and then a win after that against the Saints I think it's in week four isn't it uh, Tampa and then Saints okay well I mean yeah so a couple, maybe a couple of wins out of the next three will be feeling pretty rosy especially if Justin Herbert's you know still the start of Tyrod still uh, recovering yeah. from this rib injury and, and uh, you know getting back to full health before essentially stepping on the field again. You know, if the Chargers there are, are looking, you know, a, a pretty decent record, um, you know, five games in, maybe three and two or something like that. Yeah. No one's going to be talking about this episode, you know, and, and as the season goes on, if Justin Herbert continues to play well and nails down the starting job, you know, if he rattles off three more wins now, yeah, then that kind of makes his decision for him, doesn't it, really? And he's, Yeah, definitely. He's, I think the press conference after next week will be a bit more important. Uh, than the press conference this week, I think that if he start, if if the tone about Herbert and stuff maybe is a little bit on the on the bad side, maybe it'll get charges back up a bit more. But you can't you can't give Anthony Lynn aggro for the situation that occurred and how he reacted to it in that short amount of time. I think mm. that 
get this week out of the way. It's finished now. It's done and dusted. This is a situation. We know about the situation. We've got far more details about the situation. It's now out of everyone's hands. You've now got a different quarterback for the time being. Let's just roll with it. Let's just get on with it. Let's get some wins under the belt. And that's what they've got to do. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well summed up there. So moving on to the game then. Um, just looking at the stats here from, from the weekend's game. Chargers gain more yards, gain more yards through the air, gain more yards through the ground, gain more first downs. Uh, Chiefs punted five times to the Chargers three. Chargers got more sacks, won the turnover battle pretty healthily as well, almost 40 minutes of offense to the, the Chiefs uh, just under half an hour, considering the overtime as well. Mm-hmm. What's it come down to? You know, it, we, we, it is a game of moments, as we said before, but first of all, what's your kind of takeaways from the game and how did, how did it go the other way? Um, I'd say like th- there were so many positives about the game to be honest. I think For sure, it was, yeah. It was it was abundant that how well the the team played. If I'm honest, there was like the pros. Like Herbert looks looks the part. I thought Eckler was far more involved than he was week one, which yeah. was great. I think he mm-hmm. ran harder. Kelly didn't make as much yards, but he ran hard. I think the offensive line was great again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've, got, you've got Chris Jones, Frank Clark running that year. You, we lost Balaga. Like, why can't we have nice things? By the yeah. way, like, we lost Balaga. We've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost Balaga. We've been like three, three, three downs. Can Can I just stop you there, mate? Just, just yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but I know I made my bold call, uh, my my hot take on uh, last week's podcast about no sacks. I just about missed it. But you just mentioned Chris Jones there. Did he play? Yeah. Because like he was anonymous. The oh, offensive no. line played that well that we yeah. didn't really see Chris Jones yeah. have really much of an impact at all. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, so I just yeah, I just wanted to pick up on the offensive line, like you say, and yeah, the offensive, how well they I mean, played. Feeney at the moment, like I have to hold my hands up and say, like, I didn't I, I did not expect this sort of talent of play coming from Feeney. For I sure. mean I personally think you can tell that this man's gonna be a centre. Yeah. So you just got you've you you're fine now. You're ha- I'm happy. Like this guy, Pat, I'm happy for Casey Hayward and him to get paid next. To be honest, that's how well he's <laughs> playing at the moment. Like, and I didn't think I'd be saying that uh, two games into the season. And then obviously we lost Bilago. Pipkins come in, and maybe the most important signing that we've had this season is Campen. Yeah, yeah, that offensive yeah, line yeah. is completely different. Night and day, like, isn't it? It's 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 like chalk and cheese, like. You're talking about the, pretty much the same personnel because we lost Belaga and uh, we didn't have Turner for the first game and we didn't have Belaga for most of this game. Yeah, he played eight. We haven't snaps, had Pouncey. Yeah. So basically, you've got Feeney that was supposed to be a guard this year now playing centre. You've got Lamp, Lamper um, uh, left guard, you, who was, I, I don't even know, um, you had Turner play this game and then you had Pipkins come in on the right tackle and you've got Tevi, which I mean, I don't know how they're getting the play out of Tevi than they used to. <laughs> like, it's just, it's like miraculous. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, he can't, he's not very good at spin moves still, but he is, like, he has shocked me beyond belief. So that offensive line for me was terrific this weekend. Mm. And it was second only to the defensive line. And I thought they were unbelievable this weekend. 28 pressures against the Kansas City Chiefs, which is supposed to have a pretty good offensive line. That is obscene amount of pressures. <laughs> Hillary was unbelievable. Joseph is a man mountain. They couldn't get anything going with the rushing game. Um, and like pro-wise, there is so much mm. love about how we put on a display, really, most of the game against this Chiefs team. The downside of this, this whole thing is no QB spy. If we had Derwin James in this game, this game would have been done and dusted. Yes. The amount of times yeah. that it was infuriating me that Mahomes <laughs> was running on third down and he made the yards. The, the tip of the iceberg was the, in the, uh, just before the end when they kicked the 30-yard field goal. When he ran for, like, he ran for a he big... He ran for 21 yards on a third and 20 and we had no QB spot in. It, it made my blood boil. And that's the sort of thing you need to do against the Chiefs. Everything's got to be near on perfect. And you've got to have a bit of luck on your side. And in the big big moments we didn't have the luck and that's what it comes down to if you had a QB spy in this game and you had a little bit more luck maybe a little bit more bravery in some respects like maybe going on it on a there was a field goal attempt that maybe Badgley could have made I think we punted it on a fourth and there was about a 51 yard field goal maybe and they punted it instead and Mm -hmm. then 
there was obviously the overtime where they didn't go for it. Um, and they played a little bit off um, when they were coming, uh, when the Chiefs were coming down the field on that last attempt. It was the final drive in yeah, the they time, weren't as aggressive it? as they were in pre or in the first half. Maybe they just they didn't, they didn't want to give up the big play. Obviously, Tyreek Hill was the big play in the end that did it. Um, but it's just them little slight margins where, and the thing is against the Chiefs, they will kill you if you give them an inch. Yeah. And, that's what happened. So we were perfect for most of the game. We gave them a couple of inches and they murdered us for it. And that's what's, that's the difference really. Yeah, that was it, isn't it? Like we just worked like I said earlier, it's about moments, isn't it? Where you just can't afford to give these guys a thing. Um, it's, it's super infuriating, isn't it? Where you've got Mahomes and he does it all the time against the Chargers where he just leaks out on third down and he just picks up the yardage and you just think we almost had him. Because it was a really un-Mahomes-esque performance, really, wasn't it? Because he was a little bit rushed. Like you say, the, the, the defensive line put a lot of pressure on him. He wasn't making third downs. Obviously, they punted five times. He obviously didn't, he didn't turn the ball over. Um, he was quite secure with the ball. Uh, but he wasn't being able to make the plays that he would usually be able to make. Yeah. We bottled up Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire really nicely. He only got 38 rushing yards. And he only got 32 uh receiving yards um which is both you know way down on on what he got week one um and until the fourth quarter Tyreek Hill wasn't really in the game and he got 99 yards in the end because of the soft um kind of coverage towards the end and also the big play um for the touchdown but we kind of nullified Tyreek Hill for quite a lot of the game it was Travis Kelsey that was killing us in the middle a little bit and he was their only real weapon who was kind of working um, but yeah, we kind of, yeah, like you say, kind of put the stops on quite a lot of their big weapons and kind of frustrated them a little bit because like you say, the, the defensive line was ridiculous. You know, Jerry Tiller is another player who's again, night and day from last year. I know he had a bit of a tough start to the off season last year because he had that shoulder injury. So he never really got fully up to speed and he was always playing catch up. But if this is the guy that we, we drafted late in the first, then, you know, what he looks like a great pickup and, I'm sensing a little bit of uh, kind of a lot of love coming from your direction towards Linval Joseph at the minute. I just think you've got a lot of admiration from him. I can hear it in your voice when you talk about him. Yeah, I mean, for me, he's, at the moment, he's the, the best pickup of what I can remember the Chargers having. I mean, I've always been a big fan of him. What he did at the Vikings was obscene. Um, he's caught, he's, you, kept, you can tell that he's got that character as well as... I don't think I've seen a defensive tackle at, at, at the Chargers put on such a display in two games than I have from anyone ever, really, to be honest. Like, we've been, we've been used to, like, Brandon Maybean and things like that that have basically been past it and a bit limp with their performances. This guy is so aggressive, he's, and he's, he's just so huge. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, one, it's one of them ones where he kind of does two men, he does two people's jobs, really. He's kind of, like, feeling like you've got an extra man on the field. So... I think that just the acquisition of him is just, it's, I've always wanted that big run stuffing nose tackle that can just eat the defense. Because the thing is with us, we've got such good edge rushers. They can just, if, if the pocket breaks down from the center, you've got all sorts of problems. And we, I've always found that we've got, because we've got such good edge rushers, they, the, because we've never really had that defensive tackle that, that pressures within, or at mm. least takes up the majority of that that centre pocket, a lot of QBs and a lot of a lot of teams have have literally just ran against us, and the edge rushers have never really come into sure. their own. Yeah. Mm. But because teams can't run against us now, because this guy is so big <laughs> and just so dominant in his performance, you got you're going to have to throw against us now. Well, the problem is. You've got no time to throw because our edge rushers are so good, mm. and our corners—they're they're like island guys. You, you, they're matching up really well against most people's wide receivers. So, for me, adding Joseph in this off season was like the final cog to make everything else work. Mm. Without that big cog in the middle, all these other little cogs don't work as well. But you stick him in, and he's the main guy. And everything revolves around him because he he does everything so well and clogs the middle up. They everything else works perfectly well because he's in that lineup. You take him out of that lineup, 
things don't work as well. The game plan doesn't work as well because teams can run on us and with him in the middle and now as well with Murray as a, as a side-to-side guy behind him, you've got no chance against us. We're, we're picking up like 100-yard rush, rushing games. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully Joseph stays fit because like you say, he's been absolutely dominant throughout this you know, couple of weeks that we've had. And it's, it's almost one of these things, isn't it, where you wish we'd had him a couple of years ago when he's a bit younger because obviously not not old now, but you know, there's not too much life left, I don't think, um, in his career. But you know, if we're going to eke out the, the last remaining bits of the twilight, he's definitely going to be very useful if he continues to play the way he does. And like you say, Kenneth Murray's just playing like a veteran out there, isn't he? You know, he's not really... He's not had an exclamation mark point on his performances with like a big play or anything like that, but he's racked up a load of tackles. I think he's got 22 tackles in total now over two games. And he just looks like a veteran. He's just playing really nicely in zone. Um, you know, Not something he did a lot in Oklahoma, not something he has to do a lot in college at all, but looks really comfortable out there. Doesn't look like a rookie at all. Obviously, he's had a bit of uh, turmoil around him with the tranquil injury. Nick Vigil played last week, didn't play all this. And uh, shout out Kaiser White, by the way, playing 100% of the defensive yeah, snaps. Didn't think yeah. he had it in him with the with the knees and whatnot that we've heard yeah. about. Uh, but, you know, both of those guys played really well linebacker-wise. So defensively, it's looking pretty rosy, I would say. Obviously, you've, you've talked about the defensive line and the, defen- the secondary as well. So yeah. leaning on that that unit, I look quite a lot and I'm quite happy to, really. They're playing, they're playing very, very well. Yeah, they are. I mean, even players like uh, Michael Davis, like he's managed... To- being able to turn his head now like, <laughs> like he never used to ever do that like he just mm. get called for pass interference all the time because he never used to turn his head around but they've obviously taught him that and I think that the key with Tyreek Hill he done a pretty good job on him to be honest with how they played because obviously Tyreek was lined up quite a lot as well outside in the first sort of first half yeah they, they obviously moved him in the slot and obviously Davis didn't really follow him in as much sort of they kept him out wide a little bit more and maybe that's why Tyreek Hill got more in the game. Like it's crazy to say it, but Davis isn't the greatest corner, but he's got a lot of speed. And sometimes, yeah. just if you play a deep safety and Davis together, it can put you off that the big play from Mahomes. And they just what happened was for the big Tyreek, that someone I don't know who the cover guy was in the middle. They lost him because he was in the slot. The, the, the deep safety couldn't get over in time because they thought he was doing a different route, and then the big play happened. It's just one of them things. But yeah, like you said, everyone on that defensive front at the moment um, is playing, is playing unbelievable, to be honest. Like to have Tillery, Joseph, Bosa and Ingram, you've got four rushes. You don't even need anyone else, to be honest. Like, yeah. Imagine having, imagine having Derwin James on this defense. Like, <laughs> like it's just one of them things where you'd be rubbing your hands now, if that was the case, like everyone would be talking about this, this charges defenses. What, what exactly what we was we were building mm. up for in this this off season? Like we were saying, like we've got the pieces here. Can they perform? And oh my god, can they perform at the moment? They're doing so well. So keep it up, guys. Like they're doing they're doing an amazing job at the moment. And if if this continues, then I can't see us not making the playoffs with with the with this, this defensive displays that we've been playing so far. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um... Maybe it should have been your bold take at the end, I guess. <laughs> what? So obviously we talked a lot about positives and you kind of opened up what you were saying about the game, starting with the pros. Obviously not too many cons. I don't want to make it really negative because it was a, a good performance. But what, if any, are the cons for you for the game on Sunday just gone? The, if I'm honest, there was very, very few. The, the, the QB spy was, it was making my blood boil. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The inability to probably keep Kelsey... He was their main asset, you could tell, for most of the game, especially through the first half. That's all they were running through because they yeah. had nothing else. Yeah. Um, and maybe the inability to probably keep him quiet. Um, this is what we missed doing, though, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's the point. Like, we did, when we were earmarking our before this, how we're going to do in these games and who's going to be the key cogs for each one, I said that the, the key to the Chiefs is Derwin James. And, and you kind of we kind of felt that if we had him out there, we would have won that game. I think that that would have been, that would have been the difference between us winning and us not. And I think that the only cons I can say is that Lady Luck wasn't quite there for us in some of the big moments. Like who makes three 50 yard field goals like in a row (laughs) in in overtime? Not even 50, like 58. 58, like it's like crazy. Like Lux wasn't with us 
today to, on that on that game with the Chiefs. And the just the third downs with Mahomes scrambling, he did it three times in the game where and two of them they converted for field goals in the end. The, the third and twenty, I was I nearly threw the computer across the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, can you not? Can someone just? Like it was one of them ones where I was thought someone's going to come into the pitch soon. There's no way he can be running for this first down and yeah. made it. That was yeah. probably one that was big for me. Herbert's display, like there was no real, there was no really disappointing thing about it. To be honest, no, I wouldn't say mistakes, so. I wasn't disappointed. The, the the one that you will all everyone will talk about and probably it will haunt Herbert till the day he dies because it will be the game that he will. That was his first game. This is we could have beaten the Chiefs. Why didn't you be the Chiefs? Because maybe I didn't run for it on to get the get the first down, and I threw it across my body, and it got intercepted. That might haunt him, <laughs> mm. uh, just as a uh, obviously he'll have a great career, but he'll always remember like on his debut, and it could have been such be, a momentous own, win kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, he'll be his own, he'll be his own worst enemy. He'll always say. I could have beaten the Chiefs that my opening day. I could have beaten the Chiefs if I just ran for it on the first. So there's little things like that. But some of the throws he made was outstanding. The ones Keenan Allen was just yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, um, so there was no, there was no real. The defensive line was amazing. The secondary played really well. The the only cons for me, the inability to probably keep Kelsey a little bit quieter than he should have been. Um, we know that most of the time the Chiefs tick very steadily through Kelsey, the big plays go to Tyreek, but the majority of their game plan is Edwards Hilaire and uh, Kelsey. Kelsey th- throughout since Mahomes has been there has been mm. his, his, his go-to guy. So maybe the inability to keep him quieter than he should be. Um, maybe that's one. The QB thing, the scrambles was just, that was probably the, my main con for me. Um, um, and maybe that fourth down for um, that first uh, the run from Herbert to get the first down was mm. one of them ones you look back and you sort of like, oh man, that was just <laughs> way. Yeah. I, I thought that other than that, to be honest, I, you can't complain about how that, if, if you're complaining about how that game went and then are you really a fan? Because that yeah, that was as best as best display as you can put on. We might have lost the game, but hey, we just we just were we were an overtime kick away from being the Super Bowl champs. Like we were a what? Five, we won five games last year. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a team that were completely out of the running from last year. Two games in, we've nearly we nearly beat the Chiefs. So let's let's not let's not get too negative about this game. This For sure. is one of the most. Yeah positive displays are like you said that we can remember since the Ravens and since the pack game. So let's hopefully let's just build on this. We've got a week of um, uh, reps for Herbert. And if the defense can put up anything like they did uh, against the chiefs, uh, Bridgewater cannot be pulling out the the throws that Mahomes is doing and the scrambles that Mahomes is doing. He's just not the same player. So yeah, I'm I'm really, really positive about how, how well that game went for us this week and how, how, positive everything was to be honest yeah definitely it make, kind of makes me think back to the latter stages of last season when we were on the podcast and we kind of didn't even want to do it <laughs> you know and we're talking about a loss today but we're talking about a lot of positives to do with it as well and yeah. kind of a different feel to the team as well um because last year obviously we had the Colts wins open up the year and then you know the loss, losses started to come in after that and we probably didn't feel too bad at this stage last year in, in week two, but as the season wore on, it just became more and more dour and more and more difficult to do a podcast, as we as we as we said. Um, I don't get the feeling that you, this, that'll be the case this year. I think we're we're, we're a better team this year, and we're, we're kind of on to a good thing. Yeah. Um, like I said, despite despite the loss, I guess I don't want to repeat myself from too much because I don't disagree with anything that you said too much um, in terms of cons. One quite a small con, really, but. I really want them to get Joe Reed involved in the offense a bit more. He obviously had that big return last week on on the kickoff return for 45 yards. He got one touch this this week on offense. It went for eight yards on a jet, a jet sweep. Yeah. It's the sort of plays that Justin Herbert used to do a lot of in Oregon. A lot of swing passes, a lot of screens, a lot of not typically professional football kind of plays, really. Not complex plays. Joe Reed's a sort of player that, like we said before, you get the ball into his hands and see what he can do. 
his kickoff average this week was great again. He took four kicks for 85 yards, you know, a pretty decent return of 21.2 yards. I just want to see him be involved more. This is what we got him for. You know, we, he's, he's not the polished receiver that, you know, someone like Keenan Allen is or Mike Williams or even KJ Hill, to be honest with you, who's another player who's been a bit underused for my liking as well. But the way that we, we could use Reed would keep these off balance, you know, off, off, um, opposing defences off balance quite a lot. And I just wish they would get him, get him involved. He's, he's been positive in very small doses in the past couple of games, but I just want him to, to get on the ball a bit more. And it's, it's frustrating that, and I mean, there's a lot of offensive playmakers on this team, don't get me wrong, and no one's really played too badly throughout two games. Everyone's had a little bit of the ball and, and made some yards or, you know, caught a touchdown in, in Jalen Guyton's case. He's not really caught a great deal of balls, but obviously caught the touchdown. But Joe Reed's one of these players that I just want to see more. I'm excited by him. I just want to see him, him, him make plays because I think he will do. So I'm hoping, you know, week three, we see, see a bit more of Joe Reed um, coming to the offense. And, you know, he, he's, he's going to get a, a return at some point, I think. Um, you can just see the, the potentials there. Yeah. So yeah, just just like I said, I, I agree with most things that you said. I, I didn't want to repeat myself too much, so that's my kind of con for for this game. Just yeah. gone. Let's um, let's move on then to to just talk about the Panthers really quickly. Obviously, spent a lot of time talking about this Sunday's game. Just gone. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, you know Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers coming into LA. Uh, so nice to have like back to back home games. No traveling. You know, get to stay in the environment that we're kind of used to and kind of getting used to our home stadium. No Christian McCaffrey as well, out for a few weeks. Unfortunately, you know, we don't, we don't obviously want to wish injuries upon players, even though it makes our chance of winning better. Yeah. We're going to win this game. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I just, I can't see how, if, if, if we play anything like we did against the Chiefs, then we should win this game quite comfortably. Like, you always, it's, there's always a, a, you always have a doubt as a Chargers fans that can you put consistently good displays on the table week after week after week. And if, if the team can play to their level of talent, then this team is a minimum 10 and six minimum, to be honest team. They've got too much talent on that field to, to be anything less than that. So if they play to their talents, then this should be a pretty easy win. All the matchups favorable for us. Like they've got Davis out there, which Joseph, he's eating up the best of the, running backs we shouldn't really give up too much to Davis they've got a very good wide receiver crop that's not that's not to take anything away from them they've got some very good wide receivers uh, how are they going to use Samuel maybe they use Samuel similar to they will McCaffrey mm. so you've got DJ Moore and Anderson but we've got very very good corners that can match up against them pretty easy does, does Teddy Bridgewater have any sort of arm similar to Mahomes absolutely not so <laughs> everything's got to be very 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 accurate if anything Bridgewater is very much like Tyrod. He's a very much like a game manager who doesn't want to turn the ball over very much, doesn't want to give away too much many of the big plays and, and to be too flashy very early on anyway. So if the Chargers can go up and go up for well, maybe a couple of touchdowns and then you're asking Bridgewater to beat you, because let's, let's, let's face facts, Bridgewater's going to have to beat this Chargers defence. And I don't feel very comfortable in saying that that's going to happen. So hmm. I, I can't see any other way that we're going to come away with this win. and I can't, can't see anything more than maybe a two touchdown win because unless we drop the performance and the performance is completely terrible then it's kind of it's kind of similar to the Chiefs and the Chargers where you've got to do everything right to beat the Chiefs and I think that for the Panthers to win this weekend they've got to do everything right to beat us yeah that's a really good way of putting it especially because McCaffrey's out and obviously their offense flows through him I mean he's the offense really isn't he yeah you know, as much as Robbie Anderson's had a pretty decent start to the season, DJ Moore's pretty talented wide receiver. Again, like you say, they match up pretty well. You know, Anderson's obviously the speed guy. You'd like to put him on Michael Davis. Anderson's not, he's not amazing. He's decent, but he's not amazing. More obviously the more talented guy he can match up against Casey Hayward. And you can just kind of, you know, lock them down quite easily. Like you say, if Davis, uh, Michael Davis, I'm talking about for the Panthers running back now, flipping it over to them. If he's kind of running at Joseph, then good luck kind of thing as we said yeah. and then it, you know if he does break through then you've got Murray and you've got maybe Kaiser White playing again so yeah it, it looks pretty good doesn't it because then you're asking Teddy Bridgewater who's a limited quarterback um, like you say pretty similar to Tyrod pretty similar to like Kirk Cousins I would say that kind of ilk um, 
you know, where he's not going to, he's not, he shouldn't have the talent to, 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 to beat this defense. And, you know, Herbert obviously, you know, down about not beating the Chiefs and whatnot, but should be playing with like a bit of a spring in his step, I would be saying. Yeah. You know, coming out, he knows he's playing, he's got reps with the ones, he should be getting more comfortable. And yeah, you can go out there and you can play and, you know, just pick up from last week and just don't make the same mistakes again. I think, you know, you talked about that uh, fourth, uh, not fourth down, sorry, that third down conversion that he could have run for. Yeah. Um, which, you know, like you say, he'll, he probably will think back at it and, and will want it back and whatnot. But he'll probably learn from it as well. Yeah. And he, 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 he won't be greedy again because he's an intelligent lad and he's, he's not going to make that same mistake over and over and over again. He's, if he's got eight yards in front of him, He'll take it. He's yeah. not gonna. He's not gonna get greedy again, especially not throwing across his body and doing anything ridiculous like that. Yeah. Maybe in a desperate situation, but you know, not when we're up and trying to salt the game away and things like that. So, yeah, I think it could be one of those things where, yeah, it could have. You know, it's probably the moment that most people point to and go, "If that went the other way, then probably might have won the game." But in the long run, it might actually be a good thing for him. And you know, if he's in that situation later down the line, he's probably going to do the right thing. So, yeah, I think, like you say, I think just moving back to what you said to, to say that the Panthers probably need everything to go right is pretty much there, to be honest with you. Yeah, go along with that. Um, how about a prediction then? What, what are you saying for this one? Quite, a, like you say, a two touchdown win? Yeah, I'd say um, something like 30 to 14, something like that. 30 to... Healthy. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pretty bullish about this one. I think that we've got more than enough to beat this Panthers team. I don't they're coming to us. We're gonna be riding riding a high from either we lost the game this weekend, we're riding high from a performance. We're not we're not angry about how we how we played. If we can keep that uh that tempo up and play with the same sort of uh, aggression that we did against this uh Kansas City team last week then I can't see anything other than a, than a win and a comprehensive win, to be honest. Yeah, I'd have to go along with that, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I don't, I think, I think the margin of victory might be right, about right, but I don't even know if I'd give the Panthers 14 without McCaffrey. Yeah. You know, like we just said, that we, we, offer, we match up pretty nicely with our offense. So, yeah, I don't think I'm prepared to give them 14. I would, I would maybe go for, I don't know, 24 7, something yeah. like that. Because, I mean, I don't think we're going to be a super high-scoring offense the whole time. You know, I think we're going to be there to grind out and kind of do what we did this week, really, in, in long drives, you know, control the clock, run yeah. the ball well. So I don't think we're ever going to be this kind of, I don't know, not to 60 offense where things we march up and down the field and put up points like the Chiefs do, yeah. you know, in three, in three play drives and anything like that. I think we're going to be kind of methodical and kind of not giving the the other team, the chance really to put points on us. And, and, you know, it goes back to what we said a minute, uh, not a minute ago, last week, sorry, um, about sort of kind of like tiring out the D, you know, people still aren't in football shape. And if you can take a 10 minute drive, then it's going to tire out the defense of the other team quite a lot. So yeah, I'm going to go for 24 seven to the Chargers uh, for this one. So again, quite a healthy win again. Yeah. Um, so then bold takes just to finish off the program today then. Have you got one for us? Um, I haven't actually thought of one this week as of yet, so I'm going to have to have a thought of think. If you're a better man, I definitely think that Austin Eckler first touchdown is is the way to go this weekend. I think mm-hmm. that um, I think there'll be a big there'll be a big touchdown this weekend. I can see like a uh, you mean like a long like a long yeah like a long or something like that yeah like a long deep one. Um, Herbert like to Mike Williams for like 80 yards like a big like a one, uh-huh. one that really shows off Herbert's arm do you know what I mean one sure sure yeah, yeah. maybe um, and I think that it'll put up pretty similar numbers to last week I think there'll be something like 300 300 yards a couple of touchdowns maybe one interception something like that but it'll, it'll do do a little bit on the ground I think that it'll be very similar performance from Herbert uh, in, in respect of yardage um, as last week, but as in as in something bold, maybe something big like uh, it's hardly that bold, but something big like um, a Mike Williams sort of eighty yarder, and you really do see how big uh, Herbert's arm is, mm. uh, something like that, or yeah, like it. Something, some, it's not it's not overly that bold. I mean, I've I've been going too bold recently, and <laughs> that me. So we'll I'll, get we'll, we'll get the bold. Man, <laughs> yeah, if you're a better man, I think Eckler first touchdown is definitely. I've got a really strong feeling about it. Kind first touchdown this weekend, I think he'll probably get. I might, I might even say that he might get maybe three touchdowns. 
Okay, that, I mean, that, that's definitely taking yeah, the, the ball that's up a tick. Two rushes, sure. one receiving, and I think it could be a big week for Eckler this week. Yeah, he started to look, look more himself, didn't he, against the Chiefs? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so, um, I mean, you kind of gave us three there, so you kind of done my job for me. We kind of got a few <laughs> ball takes out there, but I'm going to go for, um, I'm going to go back to Jerry Tillery. I'm going to say he gets two sacks in this game. I'm going to kind of keep it with our man and our, you know, we've been heaping a lot of praise on him over the past couple of weeks and it looks like a new player. I think uh, he, he gets the rewards. I know he got a sack against the Bengals, didn't he? But I think he yeah. picks a couple up um, from this from this game. I don't think the Panthers have got an amazing interior and obviously Limbaugh's going to help him. Yeah. Maybe the edge rushers are going to push them up the middle towards him and he's going to, he's going to get a couple, I think. Because Bridgewater's not the most mobile guy, is he? You know, we were talking about Mahomes earlier on and how he can escape and how he infuriates us both. But Bridgewater's not that sort of person, not that, yeah. not that kind of player. Um, not not like a Brady or a Breeze or a Rivers or, you know, not immobile, but not someone who you associate with scampering and escapability. So, yeah, I'm going to say Jerry Tiller is going to get two sacks this week against the Panthers. So yeah, uh, so yeah, we're obviously quite bullish on um, on on this. We're quite confident. Um, yeah, I can just kind of, I can kind of hear us now next week, kind of talking about a narrow loss where we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot, or a, na- or a narrow win that we got lucky or something. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll take that. To be honest, wins are wins at the end of the day, aren't they? Especially if you know you're rookie quarterback. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of them. I think we're kind of we've kind of been hurt that many times as Chargers fans over the years that you, like you said before we can't have nice things you know and you don't think that we ever go into a game too confident because we uh, we, we have a, a way of, of playing and a way of, of not finishing games over the past few years so yeah. hopefully we can kind of put that to bed return to the uh, team and the mentality that we had a couple of years ago where we made the playoffs and we kind of we won the games that we should and this is definitely one of those for sure yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, come back to us uh, next week. Hopefully we'll be talking about a Chargers win against the Panthers and we'll be kind of looking with the arrow pointing up. So yeah, again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. 